edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here with Creative Flame Podcast Network, and it is 2022. We're almost halfway through the year. I mean, in, in fact, in a day or two, it's going to be the six-month mark. So I figured it's a good time to touch base, get back in touch with friends who I've not been in touch with through most of the pandemic, because most of us were all doing our own thing during the whole pandemic's high pike, you know, peak. So uh, I've got Deborah and Justin. Maybe a few others might be jumping in later, but maybe maybe not don't know so uh hey guys how are you doing and alive and well it's good to hear all your voices (laughs) oh i'm hanging in here well okay hello uh this is justin oldham i am the owner i'm the co-owner operator of shadow fusion books my wife is in the next room so i have to be very careful about what i say so um (laughs) i'm calling to calling in today talking to you from lovely anchorage alaska i can assure you that the far north has not broken loose and floated away during the pandemic we're all still up here we're we're all still doing fine and yes the state bird of alaska is uh, is is officially the puffin but if you ask anybody who lives here it's the mosquito <laughs> oh that's houston that's houston <laughs> that's funny because here in tucson the mosquitoes are tiny but tough but thankfully both of you guys have mosquitoes that i think can fly away with small children and neither of us have that so yeah, certainly uh, small dogs <laughs> so how are you doing deborah Oh, doing okay. I'm uh, Deborah Honig-Parizic, uh, the founder of Pardon Us Gaming. Uh, we are hanging in there, though, on a pause. Uh, the pandemic hit us hard, and so we still have yet to publish the third supplement to Everyverse RPG, which is the uh, high-tech equipment list, and get out the uh, remainder of the Kickstarter. We still had a adventure module to do as well. So uh, as soon as we uh, have some funds, we're going to have some fun and get these things published. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the pain on that one. And, you know, getting books, period, right now is difficult in general, just getting anything off the boat, so to speak. So uh, quick question, uh, since I do have both you guys here, do you guys publish in country or out of country? I've never asked I, you either of that question. I'm in country. I go through... Uh, uh, drive through RPG. Gotta well, love at, print on demand. So it, yeah, it, it's print on demand. Well, um, 
Well, okay. Now, now, now you're making me feel bad because I, I'm, I'm international. I'm out to take over the world. <laughs> oh, I want to do that too. And uh, I have a. Um, I've had to ship like a couple of things myself. Uh, I think to Germany or something like that. But uh, um, otherwise, from the Kickstarters that I have, Drive Through RPG has been able to get my books across the pond. Uh, or ponds. Uh, it has been a while, so it's possible that they may have changed the rules. But I think the only books that I actually had to get shipped to me first, and then I had to send them, were to go to Germany. Well, just to follow up and clarify a little bit, uh, I have developed a, a three-pronged attack strategy uh, for uh, for what we do at ShadowFusionBooks.com. And yes, we're we're putting out material through Drive-Through RPG. We're also working through Amazon. In the last year, we've uh, opened up two thirds of our catalog through Ingram which allows us to publish internationally. And I don't mind saying, small brag here, but uh, we're, we're doing a, a, fairly, a, a fairly good business in the United Kingdom. I don't know uh, who blabbed, but people over there are buying our stuff. So all I can say is thank you very much and sorry about that whole Revolutionary War thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think after the... the... World War One and Two, we made amends for that. We're we're friends again, you know. <laughs> but that is awesome that that sales are going good over in the UK. I mean, let's not forget the UK has a huge gaming population. I mean, I, I had the honor back in 2021 to do one of their virtual gaming cons and GM some games, and they have a huge RPG following over there. Yes, absolutely, they do. I completely believe it. And uh, last year, I want to say mid-2021, I was completely and totally blown away when we actually got an email from a game store in uh, in, in London, and uh, they wanted to know if uh, our stuff was available uh, in their part of the world, and uh, it was enough to incentivize us uh, to say, uh, we'll get back to you, and we did, actually. We, we emailed them back six months later and said, hi, remember me? Yeah, okay, our whole catalog, uh, everything you could want is now available through Ingram. Uh, please let us know if you have any further questions. Have a nice day. And, and they, they, they said, we'll order, and they did. Very nice. Sweet. That's, that's definitely one of those deals of, you know, like even with our local game stores, it's – Game stores should not be shy about contacting, you know, publishers directly to get shit done because that that rather than going through the distribution hubs, you could totally go straight to the, the, the publisher and get a probably a better deal, b a better relationship. And, you know, the pub, the dispensaries, you know how they just give package deals. You know, it's like, OK, your game store wants books. Here's books one through 20 of this that we pick for you, but you get no more of the ones you really want, just the ones that we want to give you. Oh, I, I completely agree with what you've said, but so far my experience has been that game store operators are, uh, you know, they're, they're overworked, they're underpaid, and uh, they are, quite frankly, badgered constantly by small independent game designers. Hey, would you please carry my stuff? Would you please carry my stuff? And and half the time, 
they they want to scream uh, before they ignore you, and the other time, <laughs> the other half of the time, they just ignore you. So uh, that's a, that, that's an over prejudicial assessment on my part, but that has been my experience, and that is thus the number one reason why we moved heaven and earth to put our stuff out through Ingram so that they can find us whenever they darn well please. That's that's definitely a good point because yes I I know a few local game stores where yes when when folks are making game products or game books themselves they they do get hit up quite often saying can you put this on the shelf of course you know yeah, most I've, of them I've done are, some of that yeah I've done some of that here in Houston yeah most of them are like really cool about the whole yeah here's the consignment dealio and how it works out mm-hmm. you know which which that's one of the big ones of you know. Like all, like all connections, when you're trying to make connections with somebody, be be decent, you know. Make sure that you realize Absolutely. that you need to help them as much as they help you. I mean, as as I've teased many of ga- many a gaming group back when in-person gaming was was the norm. Make sure you're buying stuff from the store when you're going to the store to game because they're providing you the venue. So it's only right that you respect the venue by you know buying soda at the store if that's what they sell or picking up a game book once a month or so so that way the store knows that you're there to help support them not just mooching off their space yes absolutely i completely agree with that and and here's a here's a sneaky little inside move for you just in case anybody needs one if you're trying to cultivate these relationships with your game store and you're still trying to plan for your eventual retirement so many of these game stores have large comic book collections, and for a small fee, they will pull comic books that you request. They'll put them aside for you, and you can come in and you know pay for them all in one big stack once a month or something. And you, you, you as an investment, you can hardly go wrong with this. If you just have your your game store select the number ones of just about everything that comes along, pick and choose, pick and choose, polybag those number ones and then keep a database inventory of them. And as you, as you fill up a box, tape it up, put it aside, and then do not come back to it again until you're 65 years old. And you'll be shocked and appalled at how much that is worth. It's more than goodwill. It's retirement. That's actually a really good point, because I, I know for a fact many of them will gladly do that for you. You know, as long as, you know, as long as they know that your your credit's good in the store, they will gladly do stuff like that for you, which is the big difference between the big chain stores and things is you get that kind of service, you know. But that's a really good idea. I mean, I've always had the inside connection where it's the... You know, when the 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 pre-order comes in to make sure I've got one on the on on the back shelf waiting for me with my name on it. Well, it's uh, since we're talking about business here, I don't want to scare off anybody, but you know, being a game designer is only half the problem. There's that other hat you have to wear. It's the one that sits off to the side. It's kind of stinky and ratty, but that, that's your business hat. And when you're going to do business, the, the one of the oldest adages in the world is pay to play. If I want a game store to carry my stuff, I got to put money in their pocket, no matter how small. And that sounds a little that sounds a little crude, but it's just exactly what you've said. Not only is my credit good, my money is good, but I win, you win, and everybody understands that international language of business. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's true. It's it's one of those of I I have seen bad business situations. Where folks are like, hey, can we do this? And they're sure. And then all of a sudden, either they under they over promise, under provide, or they just don't follow through on the paying back the favor. You know, and there's nothing worse than you scratch my back, I scratch yours, and you get you get stuck being the person who's not given the scratch back. Because that just that just gives you that 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 dirty used feeling, and that's never a pretty thing. Right, and you can get used up really early on in your career. You can become jaded really fast. Mm-hmm. So yes, okay, uh, you're not supposed to say this in polite company, but this is a podcast, so here it goes. Uh, you you have to choose your friends, and your friends have to choose you. In the world of business, if the feeling is not mutual, then move on. That, that, that's all it is to it, because they are making decisions that affect their bottom line. And the very last thing it is, is personal. So if they if they ghost you, if they blow you off, if they pretend that they never even met you before, it's not personal. It, it, it is a bottom line dollar driven business decision. So if that's their choice, don't hold it against them. Yeah. yeah you got to separate the two, you know, separation of church and state or business and friendship, you know. If uh, you can support your friends, definitely support your friends. But if you can't, don't don't set up false pretense. No, no, not at all. And I can tell you that as a fiction writer, uh, the very same uh, the very same paradigm applies. Especially for for writing, because, you know. You know, then you have the even harder market, because I'd honestly say from all of my writing friends that I've talked to, the act of being a writer and trying to actually have that as an income source as opposed to a hobby is is immense. You know, gaming is way more easy to translate from a part time job to a from a hobby to a part time job, whereas writing, you have so many gatekeepers in the way. I mean, on every level, blocking everything from sales to distribution to to even getting your name out there. Oh, yes, absolutely. I can say to you, hey, um, this is AC After Collapse. It's a post-apocalyptic tabletop RPG, and I don't have to say any more. You already know what it is. But the very instant I say, well, this is a novel about, okay, then your your brain switches off and you're, you're playing elevator music inside your mind, and, you know, I – it, 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 you're just you, you lose them. You lose them too fast. They're gone. And when it comes to uh, you know selling an RPG, uh, every time I send emails out, my, my hit miss rate uh, for every for every one for every 15 emails I send, I get one response. And the only people who actually bother to respond to me are the people who have a 50/50 shot of buying something. And everybody else like no. Okay, fine. And and again, as per earlier in the conversation, you don't take it personally. You just you just move on. Mm-hmm. And that that leads me to the third leg of my tripod here, which summarizes everything I think is important in this situation is as much as you don't like it, as dirty and used as it makes you feel, you always got to ask, because if you don't say, hey, my name is and this is my product, they'll never know you exist. That's that's 100 percent true. I mean, I will definitely agree with that one of, you know, I I admit, like one one of the conventions we just went to up up in March, we actually had an actual in-person convention. It was great over at Wow Wow WestCon is, you know, they had a another podcast group on there. And it's all because they asked, hey, can we do a panel at your convention? 
And it's one of those of a lot of folks don't know that you can ask these things, you know, when it comes to conventions, you can ask to be a panelist. You can ask to, to, you know, as a writer, do you have any panels that need writers on them? I mean, it's one of those things that you, you have to actually throw yourself out there and be your biggest fan to actually get people to know you're out there. Because as, as much as, you know, I love saying support all your friends, maybe one in 10 will say something to other folks, you know. Or if they do, will they say it to the right folks or just, you know, folks who already know that you do what you do? It's that. I, I just know Deborah has something to say about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I've been having some network issues, so I, I may not have heard everything. But, uh, uh, yeah, I agree that, that uh, you have to be your own biggest fan <clears throat> or the biggest fan of your late husband. And that's why you're publishing his, his work po- posthumously. Um, that uh, um, if you if you aren't out there trying to uh, sell it, and nobody's gonna know. And uh, um, that's one of the things that that has been my issue for the last uh, few months is uh, I I have uh, uh, not been getting my name out there and and or the name of the product out there. So um, I need to do a heck of a lot more of that to get things back. So I, I definitely think I, I sense a twist from just not what we're doing in 2022, but uh, possible marketing strategy talk going on here. So one thing I want to ask each of you guys is give me one marketing strategy that doesn't work. See how starting with the negative makes things so much easier to go positive later. <laughs> um, one of the things that I'm finding on uh, uh, Twitter especially is um, I'm going, of course, for as much free marketing as you can. Um, there is a very active group, you know, the TTRPG hashtag, uh, uh, TTRPG family hashtag, and that is really great, but you're marketing to other people who are doing the same damn thing you are, uh, you know, trying to get their name out there, trying to get their product out there. And so, uh, you need to find some more, uh, I guess more, you know, generalized player uh, hashtags to uh, to put my marketing uh, message out on Twitter anyway, and th- and um, then I'll hand it over to Justin. Well, my corollary to the social media thing boils down to just one thing: be on social media so that people who are who are likely to buy your stuff will find you when they look for you. Otherwise, I agree entirely with Deborah. Uh, every time I sit down and uh, go through social media and I and I send 50, 60, 70 texts, all I did was make myself feel better and waste a lot of time because uh, the people who are in the same sphere, hey, don't talk to me about that. I'm trying to sell my own stuff or or their thing is, hey, I, I'm, I'm already playing this really way cool thing and yeah, I'll get back to you later. So when it comes to social media, you just want to be there so that people who want what you have to sell, when they come looking, you're findable. Now, in terms of uh, marketing that does not work, uh, buying uh, uh, buying logo advertising space on T-shirts. Oh, that is uh, that, that that's expensive and it doesn't work. And I know that from from firsthand experience. 
and I'll never do it again. And I've already got a sign on the wall in my office that, that says we do not buy ad space on T-shirts. That, that's that's a I've I've yet to even think of doing that one. But, yeah, that, that makes total sense about you know, that one either. You know, when you have the con that has the uh, race car driver style T-shirts for sale with all the sponsors on the back. Yeah. I've seen that. I've I've yet to actually think about. Yeah, that's that's that is something that you could do. I mean, well, in, in in our part of the world, we have high schools that are doing a little bit of fundraising, and so for the semester or for the school year, they work with a, a company that will go out and cold call for sponsors. And so on the front of your shirt, you have the 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 high school logo with the mascot and everything, and on the back of the shirt, you have all the sponsor logos and. Uh, the thing that I learned from that is that uh, about the only people who actually buy those T-shirts are, are people on the sports teams, in the choir, or in the band. And because they only wear those T-shirts when they're around the sports teams, the choir, or the band, nobody sees your logo. You don't get that good cross-contamination that you're looking for when it comes to marketing. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So that 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 so far is in terms of dollar cost failures. That's my most expensive bomb. Yes, they are. And people can be so nasty. I mean, if you see an ad, just scroll on by it. They don't have to get in there and, and troll you. I mean, I had somebody put uh, a. Years ago or something like that, that was a picture. A little girl's foot stepping in dog. <laughs> yeah. I don't need this. I don't need this. And uh, I didn't need to see that. Yeah, that's I didn't need that on my ad. Much like a TV commercial. If you don't like it, just turn the channel or keep on scrolling. You know, there's no need to be yeah, nasty about the, it. Yeah, mute it if you don't want to hear it. You know, just just don't. You don't have to be a troll. Uh, but, you know, it's that that old, uh, you know, nobody can see me so I can say whatever I want to sort of thing. Yeah, the, the emboldenedness of the anonymity of the Internet. I've so learned true. something. I've learned something about this specific tactic that I think is uh, is useful, uh, especially when we're talking about the dreaded Facebook. Um, the the only other maneuver that I found that works is if you reach the largest number of people in the shortest amount of time, the one thing that will absolutely get you backlash on social media is if somebody sees your ad more than once. So when mm -hmm. I've done it, when, when I've done it, I've spent all my money for a single day. And so instead of, you know, 10,000 people a day over 10 days, you know, maybe fine. You know, we're hitting 100,000, 300,000 people once. That, that that's and that's a good one. Yeah. That that you yeah. know because the first time they see it, they're either gonna say, "Oh no, please no," and they'll scroll on, or they'll say, "Hold on, wait a minute," and they'll click. And any if if you if you make them see it a second or third time, that's when you you start getting into the the negatives. But uh, in terms of uh, in terms of ROI, return on investment, we have reached a point where. Uh, Facebook ads just don't make sense for a lot of small independent game designers uh, because what you have to do, what I, you find. I don't know, two years or more. Um, yeah. Well, the thing, I, the thing I've learned is 
a sort of a passive defense strategy. You want to be in the places where people are going to look and because it's only a matter of time until they look. And because in the world of social media, you can put tags on anything that you post. If I post and, and, and I put post-apocalyptic or post-apoc, then, okay, someday it might be six days, six weeks, six months, six years from now. But eventually somebody is going to type into Facebook, tell me about post-apocalyptic. Tell me about post-apocalyptic role-playing games. Okay. When, when that person goes to look, I'm there. That's, and that, in, mm-hmm. that, includes, that includes YouTube. It includes Twitter. It includes anything else. And while it's counterintuitive, what it, what it really means is that, okay, yes, your time is for all intents and purposes free. You're, you can't monetize it. But when you're not spending dollars, when you're not giving money to Zuckerberg or <laughs> you're, not, you're, you're, you're not giving money to presumably Elon Musk five minutes after he owns Twitter, then what you're doing, you're, you're still on these platforms, but you're, you're, you're there. You're waiting patiently for other people who, are, who want what you have to find you. That's that's actually right. a really good Sounds point. Sounds good. Because yeah, I was definitely gonna throw out for for my marketing fail was totally gonna be the Facebook ad space. Oh, please continue, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for me personally, I've decided like two or three different times, especially when we had events that we were going to and we we're gonna have panels, you know, for the events to once again go back to the whole support your venue. Because if it's their stuff, I'm going to totally support their stuff and add that stuff. And I discovered that uh, I went through, did all the metrics, find out what what age group, what interest group, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And lo and behold, it ended up advertising just to the people on my friends list who were already part of the event. So it was kind of totally a waste for the advertisement because I was basically preaching to the choir. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. I was not adding value of extra eyes to the situation because it's all the people who are actually going to be there too. Granted that it was great because a week later they realized, holy crap, I didn't record. No, you recorded that event. I was on that panel. And then they get to watch the, the podcast episode of that. So that was good in that regard. But pretty much Facebook ads is totally just a waste of cash. And then, of course, you get the harassment later on of, oh, what, $5 credit to add another $15 to an ad? Because uh, yeah. it's the marketing. But, yes, yeah, I absolutely. totally realized that Facebook ads is a total scam. You know, it's, 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 on, it's on par with the old idea, like in World of Warcraft, when it was the buy gold, you know. It's, it's totally one of those deals of it might work for one in a thousand people, but it's not going to be a, a, a good way of spending money. So now, my question uh, for 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 the crew here, just for fun, what is the most successful thing you do that does not cost you a dime? Ooh, I like that question. That's a good one. I can tell you what mine is, but I, I want the rest of you to go first. Deborah, you want to go first? I don't. Ha- I, I have to say, I don't have anything at the moment in answer to that. Uh, I haven't been doing much in the way of marketing I'm uh, of late. Uh, um, ew, can't think of anything. You want me to go ahead and go first? So, well, I guess the – oh, no, that doesn't cost anything. Yeah, go ahead, please. I will totally throw out the – for the podcasting and gaming, you know, 
circuit that uh, the one of the best things that works for me is when I host game days, like either game days or at a con hosted GM a table. Because what, as a free one, I mean, granted, you're making materials and stuff for the game, so it's kind of not free in regards to time. But the fact that it's it gets word of mouth out there. You know, it's, it's one of the big ones is, you know, for podcasts, a lot of folks are, are really five minutes or less and they've made up their mind if they're going to ever listen to the show again. But if you meet someone in person and they like your personality and who you are, they'll stick around longer than just five minutes on the podcast to actually hear what this is actually about. I agree. I agree. When when people can meet you in person, you become a lot more real to them and they want to know more about what you've done. And because they have actually met you, they'll never be able to resist the opportunity of saying to their friend, hey, I, I met that guy. <laughs> that was pretty cool. And I, I had one of the Everyverse RPG super fans and met um, him and his wife at uh, Gen Con. And, uh, and so that was, that was great to meet meet some folks who really enjoyed what I put out. Yeah, Always gratifying. Truly, truly gratifying. It's always yes. the best because, you know, you can get a nice positive review here or there, but actually getting to see the glow in somebody's eyes when they fanboy or girl off on the podcast and it's totally like, you get me. You're part of my tribe. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. There, there. That's a, that's tremendously true. So, so now that you've told me uh, yours, I'll tell you mine. And this may be a little bit of a surprise, but short YouTube videos. Now, uh, Jim, you just mentioned the five-minute threshold, which I've experienced in many different ways myself. So, one of the things that I've done for my various products is on, on the YouTube channel for the company, we've got a whole stack of five-minute videos that explain in small slivers different aspects of AC after collapse. And one of the things that I've heard by way of verbal feedback from other people is it, it, it pops up on their, their cell phone web browser. And because it's five minutes or less, they're willing to they're willing to watch it while they're standing in line to get their hamburger or something. And when they're when they're intrigued, they'll come back later, you know, like, uh, you know, when, when, when they when they have nothing to do at the end of the day or something. And mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll go back to it and they'll, they'll watch other videos in the series. And while it is uh, counterintuitive, the fact is that search engines don't care that it's a video on YouTube. The fact that it's it, it, it's what it's tagged for, and it shows up. And oh, you want to know about that? Okay, what about this? Here, show. So if you give it to them in quick little bites, uh, as I watch YouTube metrics, I can track the rise and the fall, the dips and the valleys. When 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 our YouTube viewership goes up then I can go to Amazon, for example, and I can look at the, the purchasing metrics and I can see within a week's range of, okay, there were a bunch of people watching our YouTube stuff and now we have this many sales as a, as a result of that. And it rises and falls like the waves in the ocean. But it's the, it, aside from the fact that it, it, it costs no dollars to do it, it's trackable. That's that is awesome. I mean, I've seen uh, I know a lot of the channels I watch. They do that. They do the little two to three minute videos that they're informative. They have good meat and potatoes in it. 
but it's super short. And normally my instincts are, oh man, I want to watch that hour and a half long video, you know, but it does totally make sense that the short amuse-bouche videos, you know, as, as I've joked with friends on that one, where it's just the quick little teaser, it's got some info, it's, it covers a topic or covers something coming up, you know, cause teaser videos are always fun. As long as they're actually good teaser videos and not stringing you along. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that. Now, one of the things that I have done is I, 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 you know, I play amateur television producer and I will sit down and I'll work out a, a block of three videos. And then what I do in all seriousness is I sit in a chair and my wife uses the, 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 the smartphone and she takes the video. But one of the things that I do within my short little attention span is I'll go out of my way to deliberately mention something that's in another video. And oh, by the way, if you want more, uh, please go and look for episode 35 because it'll say a lot more on the subject. Now, turning back to the, the issue at hand, it's blah, 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 blah. Ah, you are a genius, my friend. Yep, yep you got some good ideas there, my man. Uh, and again, it, it, it's what does not cost money. That's mm -hmm. the thing. So because, again, there are people out there who want what you have, and they're typing into Google or DuckDuckGo or anything else on a regular basis, and it's only a matter of time until uh, just the random factor works in your favor. They're going to they're going to type in a term that you have tagged for on YouTube or social media or on your 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 blog or your website, whatever it is. And so, if you are there, then they will find you. That's 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 very very true, and and I, I think. I think Deborah and I are going to have some homework over the next couple of months to make a couple of those type of videos. Oh, yeah. Um, I have uh, just a couple of videos out on my YouTube channel, so I can definitely uh, do more. That's for sure. Oh, somebody's got an opinion back there. <laughs> ah, yes, that would be the beast in my house. Apparently someone just drove in the alleyway and she's very opinionated of how she scared the bad people away. <laughs> Mine is being a bed hog. He's just <laughs> hanging out, waiting for walk time. <laughs> so that's definitely something that we're going to have to try uh, over the next few months is to do a couple more teaser videos because I've been really bad about that. I mean, 2022 has been a rough year. I mean, just in general of, of finding motivation, finding the, the you know, the audience slash participa participants in, in getting gaming and stuff going and so uh, I'm definitely thinking in uh, the second half of 2022 that uh, at least Deborah and I got to double up our game on the uh, YouTube videos because I love that idea. Uh, did you guys have any other suggestions for each other even on regards to uh, any kind of marketing idea? Besides, you know, the, the ever loving let's market each other stuff and be each other's fans. You know my, my philosophy when it comes to marketing is what can I do that spends no money? And while that sounds cheap as hell, the fact is, if you actually bother to look, the list is fairly long. And when you actually start doing this stuff, you'll notice one thing absolutely leaps out at you. Sometimes you're the only one. <laughs> and when, when, when that happens, you keep your mouth shut. 
you don't go on podcasts like this and blab it all over the place. <laughs> you actually just you, you, you do it. And it all boils down to the same thing. You're out there for people to find you. So if you have a blog and you're unhappy because you're not getting looked at very often, the fact is you're getting looked at and it doesn't cost you anything. If you have a YouTube channel, again, as per earlier conversation, same sort of thing. When you have a website, don't just, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't just go out there and write dry content for the website. This is our product and this is where you find it. Please click on the link. No, no, it's not anything like that. When you have content on your company website, every single word, every single paragraph of your descriptions, whatever you put out there, is read by the Internet as a key word search term. So if Justin Oldham puts on his website, I like Porsches and Linguini, and somebody says, somebody asks Google, who else, is, who else other than me likes Porsches and Linguini? Guess what Google's going to say? Oh, you've got a website just for you. So it, work, it works like that. So when you're promoting your product, in my case, it's post-apocalyptic RPGs. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very keen to talk about Post-apocalypse and collapse and, and uh, nuclear war and biochemical and this and that and the other thing, all kinds of stuff that makes me interesting to the NSA, but also makes me interesting <laughs> to the post-apocalyptic gamer who says, gosh, I wonder if anybody did this. Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. I'm just waiting for you to show up. Which is, is very true, because then it lets the word of mouth help carry it the rest of the way. I mean... I know this last weekend at uh, Wasteland at Uranium Springs, I believe it was Detonation 8, 9, something like that. I've lost track with the pandemic. Uh, but mention was brought up of different, uh, what's your favorite post-apocalyptic RPGs? And uh, yes, After Collapse was thrown out there. And not oh, by you, me. You've just, you've, you've just made my day. So. <laughs> because uh, those of us who couldn't get out there to Uranium Springs this year, totally wanted to like how do we get our apocalyptic vibe on and it's like you know i mean there's post-apocalyptic websites that don't require you to get your feet dirty or go a, a week without a shower just saying that's the whole point of rpgs live vicariously through your characters lives yes and you can sprinkle a small taste of that on your website just by giving people a sense of the flavor of what you do. And I've, I've run into people, especially in the last 12 months, uh, who are, you know, game designers and other fields. And, uh, one of the things that they say to me just casually is that, uh, uh, when they have taken the time to add additional comment or, or you know, a commentaries. So a lot of these people have used the word commentary, but basically when they put more stuff on their website for people to read, people stick around and they read it. And the more likely, of course, the, 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 if you can get somebody to hang around on your website for more than 15 minutes, you've greatly increased the odds of them actually buying something. Oh, heck yeah. As well as the fact that if you give them some good snippets for the game itself, because let's all be honest, we all know every game master is insatiable for content, you know, and if your website has game related content that they can use for their game, I mean, I'll, I'll totally shamelessly throw it out there. But if uh, you write a novel set in your game setting, it is a great resource for using the game setting in a more realistic way, because 
one of us here in this conversation has a great series of you know books that support the RPG, so you can totally shamelessly steal stuff and use it in your home games. And I will totally do that. Yes, you're talking about me. I know that. <laughs> and um, I, I just want to point out, uh, for, for, for the sake of the, the general audience, that anybody who has ever asked um, you know, the nice people at Hasbro or Wizards of the Coast, please, sir, may I write in your game universe? Well, you know what kind of response you get. Mm-hmm. So, okay, fine. You know, But the thing is, if you own your own game universe... It's like, well, hello, me. How are you? Well, I'm fine. How are you? Well, hey, I want to know if uh, if 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 you could uh, greenlight my novel proposal. Well, what is it? Well, it's in, it's in the game universe that you published. All right, I like it. I want to see more about it. You get back to me over lunch. We'll do this. And the nice thing is, you can actually do that with folks who've created their own content. Yes, absolutely. And uh, with 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 all of that in mind. Um, you know, taking you know, the novel stuff is taking it to the next level. But uh, to just to stay on task here, when you are loitering around out there in cyberspace, uh, never hesitate to give your possible audience free stuff. So when, when you go to acaftercollapse.com and you click on the section marked free downloads, uh, you've got something like 40 or 42 PDFs that Thanks. are just right, 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 right there for the taking. And I've made uh, at least 20 to 25 sales that I know about just telling people, well, do you have any free stuff? Well, as a matter of fact, I do, but <laughs> don't tell anybody it's over on this website. <laughs> and it is a huge <laughs> section on the website. Oh, and we're going to add more. And that's because, the nice thing because, you know, it gets people coming back to see, hey, is there anything new there? Or, uh, you know, hey, is there anything that goes along with this that I can throw a couple bucks to a writer that I like to, you know, support more new stuff coming out? Because that's that's honestly what it's all about. Can't write new content unless someone's supporting you with the old content. That is very true. And I guarantee you in today's world, when people think role-playing game it's not just uh it's it's not just a stack of books in a cardboard box if you go all the way back to 1977 78 the very first edition of dungeons and dragons is a glorified pamphlet mm -hmm. that's how it started and now today they're up to fifth edition and nobody has enough room in their house to own all the books <laughs> We try, we try. <laughs> so now, again, the, the, uh, this is this is part of the thing. Every generation, every ten years, a new generation is coming on Dungeons and Dragons. You say, how long has this been? Oh, this has been around since the olden times, like before <laughs> the internet. No, <laughs> really, yes, uh, no. What what is that like on stone tablets? No, come over here and let me show you. And and so yeah, you know, it, and with all with, with with all of this in mind, goes back to Justin's philosophy: be out there, be somewhere, so that when somebody looks, they can find you. Yep. And uh, I'll totally throw a teaser out because I think we need to do another episode about that. But uh, also, when you find awesome shit. 
two reviews. It's a, again, from the consumer point of view, it's something free you can do for the pro- provider. I, I, I won't uh, harp on that much, but uh, write reviews. Even though Amazon is evil and takes six months to review your review and might still deny it because I still have issues with Amazon and reviews because I've written way too many that have not made it to the page. Amazon. Why must you be so good to us and so bad to us at the same time? Because they can. <laughs> well, so, I've got I've got my own theory on that. Um, and do, do you want to do this now or later? Uh, let's save that one for later when we do a review episode. Cause you All know, right, folks. You know I want to do one. Absolutely. So I was going to say, uh, wrapping up for, for an episode about where we are in 2022, is there any projects that in the next few months you guys have coming, coming to fruit? Or any plans that you have, uh, conventions, you know, book sales, anything like that going on? I we think know I'm that gonna be, I was just going to say, I think I'm going to be doing my homework, um, <laughs> as we talked about. And there's a possibility that we might get that uh, uh, third supplement out the door. Uh, it'll be late in the year, though. We have uh, I, I have to uh, secure funding and then uh, uh, then, of course, artists and and uh, layout artists and everybody. And getting art is hard. It really, really is. I mean, yeah, that could be another whole episode too. With uh, the, uh, uh, I was talking with somebody about artwork, and uh, they called it uh, an arms race for artwork out there. It was. Uh, I see a lot of pictures of of it on from uh, people's books on Twitter, and uh, well, let's just say that they must have have a very large budget or the person is an artist themselves because oh my goodness it's uh, you know i mean there's a picture on every page and and Oof. and so forth i can't afford that no way you know that's that's Jeez. one thing that i've learned like the rpgs that i loved were the ones that had pictures on like every other page and stuff and most of them it was like friends of friends were doing the artwork or the the writer themselves was doing the artwork and I've come to realize just how much I appreciated that and how, oh, my God, expensive that is. Oh, yeah. I mean, just a, a book cover alone, if you do this one uh, place where you get uh, um, you do a contest that that the last time I did it was it was three ninety nine just for that. And it's been, what, two years or more like that. So, so who knows what it is now? And, you know, then one picture is. uh uh, I, I was going to have somebody do something uh, freehand and then uh, have to find somebody to make the vec- vector graphics for it so that it could then be used. And, and it was going to be a whole thing, probably, you know, two, three hundred dollars just for one picture. And so it, it's oof, I need I need a sugar daddy or something. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so later this year, as a matter of fact, roughly two weeks from now. On June 15th, uh, we are going to do something that nobody else is doing that I know of. We're going to take some of our game-related novels, and we're going to release them as large print edition books. Nice. This is, again, you know, now, now, the world of people uh, who read large print books 
it's not a huge universe and it's shrinking all the time. But the fact is that there are anywhere between 1 million and 2 million people here in the United States alone who, for any number of reasons, they, they, they don't want to read it on a Kindle blown up on the screen. They want to have the physical book in their hand. Mm-hmm. And, okay, you know, I can tell you as a lifelong visually impaired person, when you're sitting down reading a large print book, what is a mass market paperback for everybody else for you is a giant tome the size of the New York phone directory. <laughs> but, there, but there is still those people who read large print books, they still get the same satisfaction that other people get out of of going to the supermarket, buying a novel, going home and sitting there in the bathroom and just turning the pages. You feel the book in your hand. You smell the paper. It's a it's a it's a far more enjoyable experience. And so we've decided to serve an underserved community. By doing something that we've already got the interior layout for, we've already got the cover for. So all we're doing is uh, working through Ingram. We're going through a different print setup process. Yes, all of this does cost money, but I have a secret to tell you. There's a way. There's a way to cut your costs, and there's a way to. Uh, there, there, there is a way to save some money in, in what you do. A lot of people are not aware of this, but some book publisher associations have different benefit packages. Now, my company, Shadow Fusion Books, we, we, we signed up to the Independent Book Publishers Association, IBPA, and we pay our, our, our yearly annual dues. One of the benefits that we get is we get, um, we get discount codes that we can use through Ingram. And so instead of paying $50 for a setup or $75 for a setup, or in some cases $150 for a setup to get your stuff going, they give you uh, five of these discount codes per month so that uh, you can just – you plug in your your discount code and that charge is is eliminated. Nice. Yeah, I know. I know a few writer guilds out there kind of, you know, similar setups where it's, it's, it is a good support each other deal because you got that, that big group power, buy-in power basically saying, Hey, I've got this many people behind me. Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, if you were to go to a convention and, and, and have a panel discussion and you were to put 10 independent author publishers on the dais there and try to have a discussion, uh, the first thing you're going to have is a, a fist fight with a few thrown chairs because <laughs> everybody everybody has a different opinion in the same way that some people love, hate Amazon, other people love, hate Ingram. And I want to wrap this whole thing up by saying no matter what your path is, you will know that you are on your way to future success when your fellow author publishers start talking trash about you because you're back because you're a corporate sellout. <laughs> but you're on their radar, so that tells you something right there. <laughs> yes, but that's that that's Mr. Corporate Sellout to you. <laughs> it's all about the haters, right? <laughs> Hey, uh, if you're if nobody's hating on you, then you're probably going in the wrong direction. <laughs> well, I better work on that then. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, are, are either of you guys got any plans to be at any upcoming conventions now that the in real life conventions are starting to happen again? I don't at this point. I'm still working through a handful of personal things and a little bit of inside uh, company reorganization. So for, for fiscal year 2022, unfortunately, we have to keep our powder dry and stay off the ridge line. That is completely understandable. I mean, the only thing we've got going this year is uh, we, we had Wild Wild WestCon, which is great. And everybody was really good about social distancing and behaving. And uh, at the end of the year in September, two of our favorite cons kind of merged, which I thought was an actual cool idea that Tucson Comic Con and Ring Con, our local gaming con, are actually merged together to become one event over the weekend. So that 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 I thought was interesting. The conventions are actually, you know, starting to work together, the guild up, you know, to to make sure their events happen and they actually are supporting each other, which is cool. And again, yes, uh, Justin, I was totally going to send you a message in about a month to say, can you send me some more flyers for Ringon? I will speak to my minions forthwith and immediately, and this shall happen. Because it's good to get the, wor- the, the word out, because that's kind of the whole point of this, is getting the word out of cool shit that you know. And of course, we've got some new, uh, we've been playing way too many games on Twitch, because I'll be honest, as a podcaster, Twitch is nice, because I can stream the game live, and I don't have to edit anything. So it's no lost sleep at night in editing after recording something. It is really nice. We actually had one of our in-person groups get together and actually play in the same room, because every one of us is all behaving and making sure to keep the whole social distancing and not, you know bringing anything to game that shouldn't be there. Nobody wants to have to make a constitution save while gaming. Nobody. Mm-mm. So uh, that that's the fun stuff we've got coming up. We've got uh, three new games coming out on Twitch. We're going to do superhero game for uh, Heroes Unlimited. We have a new steampunk setting that has come out for Iron Kingdoms that we're going to do D&D in that setting. And then we're supposed to be doing Mutant Year Zero for an apocalyptic game. On our vote, that was the one that won. Yes, it beat After a Collapse by one I'm vote. I'm not going to take it personally. It beat AC by one vote. I understand how that goes, and I'll take that up with my wife later. So. <laughs> this is why I told folks, get on and vote. Vote often. Vote many times because, you know, the votes are open to anybody. You don't have to be a patron to be be able to vote. It's we want to make sure that everyone that wants to listen can can get their feedback into what they want to listen to us play. Yes. And I just want to say for the for the historical record, because once this podcast is uploaded to the Internet, it will live forever. I just want to say that, you know, before Gary Gygax was famous. You know, he, he lived in his parents' basement, and before Steve Jackson was ever a big deal, he had a day job. So uh, anybody who's listening to my voice in the far distant future, uh, just, just just be aware that I had to start somewhere, and uh, people who uh, ha- have to make do with uh, another product, they just haven't found us yet. So uh, yeah. we, we'll, just, we'll just wait and see. And definitely, you know, try new things. Buy new books. Read additional things. If it's something in the genre you like, follow the authors. See if they, uh, one of my favorite books from when I was really, really young was actually because I followed their blog back when blogs were a thing in the early 90s. 
And all of a sudden, I'm like, I want to read this guy's book because if I like his his weekly blog entries, which is basically a fictional character in the apocalypse every week, it was a one day journal entry for his journal. And that totally, totally hooked me on the series. You know, when the book came out as an actual book, totally hooked me on that. And I read the entire, you know, the entire trilogy for that series, you know, sight unseen. Once I saw his name, I bought that shit. So don't be afraid of, of just writing something. And even he said that started out as fan fiction. You know, he, he admits his own writing style was basically his fan fiction that eventually he got he got well at it. And he decided to go ahead and say, you know what, I guess I can be a writer. You know, I guess I can publish this. You know, it's it's that fighting the imposter syndrome, which is like the worst thing ever. There's no such thing as imposter syndrome unless you're like some horrible copyright infringement person. And that's just evil. Don't steal. Steal like an artist. Don't steal verbatim. I've I've actually seen that in the gaming world happen before where I'm like, that's totally a copy paste. I know where that came from. But if you steal like an artist, which is you see a bowl of fruit and you're stealing the image of a bowl of fruit, but you're making it your version of the bowl of fruit. Make it your own. I'm just trying to help you find an end to this episode by keeping my mouth shut. Oh, okay. So I guess uh, we'll say that that is totally good place for saying 2022. What are we going to be doing now? I totally know that Evan and John were wanting to join in, but John is out selling books at a book event, which is awesome for him, by the way, because I am totally game for that, that he's out there, he's out there selling books because that, that's part of the hustle. I mean, that's the hard part. Yes. And uh, Evan, uh, wherever he is, I hope he is doing well, and we will hopefully talk to him uh, later on, because he's got many, many irons on the fire from making dice to getting more things set from uh, Paradigm Lost published. So I'm totally looking forward to when he gets back to the monthly webzines, because that's that's a format that I really, really do like. See, yes, that's, absolutely. That's a oh, free, yeah, that's yeah, an extra yeah. one I'm going to throw out there. It's webzines, you know. It's just like the blogs. It's a nice, good, solid, crisp webzine is always a good thing. Thank you for listening to D and D Journey of the Fifth Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cppn to never miss a show or stream. Hello, this is Eric and Wendy Strzok with Stone Valley Hobby and Games. We sell board games, card games, role-playing games, and supplies. We have thousands of Magic the Gathering cards available, carry Kickstarter products, and work with veteran-owned small businesses to bring you our own line of products. We are a small business retailer, but we offer competitive prices, a loyalty system, and free shipping on orders over $100. As a military veteran myself, I'm a strong supporter of our armed forces, their families, and contractors out there doing the hard job. So any order from an AA, AE, or EP address will be shipped absolutely free. Remember, StoneValleyGames.com, where we take your leisure seriously.